Hello, welcome to Live Reality Games Podcast. My name is Stephen Stewart, and here I am today for the premiere episode of Survivor BC Season 6, Rock Ring Valley. I am here today to talk all about Survivor BC and its premiere, and full disclosure, um, I was one of the contestants on this season, so therefore I'm very invested in it. So I promise no conflict of interest. This will not be a glowing discussion of how amazing I am in a player throughout the entire season. This will be this will not this will not this will this will be strictly impersonal in regards to that but um again we'll be talking about the premiere only no spoilers this is a season that was aired over facebook live so if you caught it then several years ago or have seen the wiki there are spoilers but there will be no discussion here we'll only discuss the episodes that have come out so with me today to talk about the premiere we have keenan lucas uh keenan played the following season season seven survivor tribulation he came in sixth place that season and then came back the following season to help year the help out production keenan how are you doing today doing pretty good today steven i was really hoping i could i could make it today from uh from work glad i made it in time showered up and uh yeah let's uh let's let's talk some survivor bc well i, I think you want to share because like Keenan had the privilege and the honor to watch this premiere with a, with a certain with a certain BC veteran. Who would that be? Uh, Luke Yanishowski, the winner of season seven, who was a previous fourth place finisher on season four. Yeah. So I, when you send me a video, I'm like, oh man, I I'm jealous. I wish there were other people in Texas, but Survivor BC and majority players are in the Pacific Northwest for a very good reason. <laughs> yes, very so, good, good reason. Ed, absolutely. What are some initial thoughts or takeaways you had from watching this premiere? Uh, initial thoughts on t- and takeaways. Um, I knew Gyro was hyping this up to be a huge season. The premiere spells exactly why. More so than, than the previous live streams. But um, you understand why this is a big deal. This is as close as Survivor BC gets to actual Survivor. Even gendered ratio. Very literally numerous different lo- walks of life. Hell, there's more state diversity in this cast than there is in the entirety of Cook Islands and Beachy. <laughs> Actually, in, like just in terms of background, we do have three people from the state of Washington. Like the, that would be the most common state. Two BC, BC locals and um, one Ontario person. And the rest are, um, I, I'm, pro- I'm probably missing a few. Uh, no, no, three BC locals. In Ontario, and and we're and then the rest of the cast is like from numerous different states, mm-hmm. each one like representing a different state. I mean, we had people from all corners of North America. David came from Los Angeles. I came from Texas. Chris Lord came from New York. We had players local around Vancouver, from the other side of Canada, Ottawa. There was a real we have amazing composition of players, and I think one thing I'd love to talk about is. This was some. There, there were a lot of high caliber ga- gamesmanship going on here because there's a lot of experience with this cast, which was really fun to kind of watch and see how things played out. Oh, that absolutely. And um, um, I actually uh, would like to like to ask you a quick question, Stephen. Mm-hmm. What were we didn't see actually any confessionals from you? I don't believe. No, I, I am. I am the purple king of Batalon. <laughs> so. What are your initial thoughts? You draw, you draw Badahan, mm-hmm. and uh, so one of your members wins immunity right out of the gate, and you, um, you're also at a camp that doesn't have lots of food. Um, and no, it has more food, but you don't have access to the washrooms, and it's much smaller. What are your thoughts? 
Oh, so I played Surviving Real Foot about a month and a half before this season, almost two months before this season. So I don't really care about the food. I, I, I've, I've, I've gone. I can go without food for a couple of days. I was stoked to have a sleeping bag. Sleeping bag makes the world of difference when it comes to sleeping. So I was just like, man, I'm going to sleep great this trip. I don't care about anything else. Um, so I was, I was just very happy to be out and the weather, my gosh, I've never had such beautiful weather in a survivor game. Every game I played, there has been rain or torrential sun, just like 70 degrees and peaceful and beautiful the entire time. It was spoiling. So I was thrilled to have some comfort. I was thrilled for the weather and I was excited to play. Now, looking at my tribe, I was pretty happy with my tribe. Um, the only person who I had, I knew about on my tribe is Rachel. Because uh, I played two games with her, but never really was on a trip or talked with her during those games. And I knew of Lori because she came and spectated in Surviving Real Foot. We were just like, oh, who's that lady? And we didn't know that she was there doing reconnaissance because she then played the following season that summer. So I, I knew a little bit of my tribe, but I was excited to get down and start playing Survivor. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, in, Lord- regards, in regards to your comment about Keegan winning immunity, uh, I wasn't thrilled. <laughs> I did not want anyone in our tribe winning immunity just because that less options, less flexibility with regards to how this strategy was going to, was going to form. Yes. And um, no, no. Speaking of Keegan, he, he's literally spent the whole episode of the game doing nothing but winning. It's a good, it's a good starting showing for Keegan, right? He wins the individual immunity. He wins the, the reward challenge. He then wins the travel immunity. I mean, it's a, it's if you have to start Survivor, the only thing he's missing is pocketing an idol, and then he'd be set, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it doesn't seem like there are any idols found yet for oh, either. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about that because uh, there, there might be a little editing magic going on here. Um, so I'd like to back up first. Let's talk about this cast as a whole, right? And so right. this season has three returning players. We have three first boots. We have Naya, who is the first boot from season two. We have Noah, who is the first boot from season three. And then we have Taylor St. Louis, who is the first boot from season five. Now, Keenan, you are very familiar with playing with returning players. Your season also featured several returning players in your cast. Talk to me about your philosophy with returning players. Uh, the philosophy of returning players. So, yes, I've played in the newbie mixture of returnee of attorney era. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't really have a, a lot against returning players. I mean, I'd rather, like, it's either mostly newbies with returning players, mm-hmm. and you have a cast, and you get to play the game, or no cast at all. So if that's what it's going to take for a game for a game to be full set and played, I'm okay with that. And in regards to the particular first boots, getting another chance, mm-hmm. that I think, I think, that's the best that's that's the best option that you could go for for returning players and yeah two two are locals very very old school pre mixture mm-hmm. with returnees era one mm-hmm. the other the third was screwed over by a returnee due to others <laughs> well, we like to point out that Takakuna had voted out two of these returning players yes yes well one Tyler did not exactly have a right hand in voting out. It was a unanimous vote. Mm-hmm. Like I am actually, I used to be a coworker of uh, one of uh, Tyler and Noah's former tribe mates, Brett. 
And I just asked, I just asked him a few questions like, why Noah being the first boot? And he's like, just young, didn't fit in with the rest, rest of the tribe. A little bit annoying. I relate. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so I mean, you know, just obvious kind of young, mm -hmm. inexperienced type of reasons, you know, just, it's very much a game. This is still in the era where it's just Jairus friends from church, whoever wants to join. Mm -hmm. And this is before things just get real. And, uh, and this, uh, this time around, um, yeah, Noah's back again. He's got, he's got a much different mindset. Uh, Taylor St. Louis obviously has a very much different mindset as well. And, uh, well, it's similar, but it's also, it's also very different. She knows that it's a target on her. Mm -hmm. like she is not, she is not suspecting her tribe to have any mercy whatsoever. And in addition, she's got Naya, who's also a fellow first boot to relate, relate with. Mm -hmm. And Kevin was the first boot in another season, which mm -hmm. uh, was was it Survivor Los Angeles? So or, he or was, I think it was Survivor Pacific Northwest. Yes, yes, with uh, Jack Ward. Oh, uh, hey, how do you actually activate? Uh, you know, being able to view comments in this chat. I've actually never. Um, uh, there's on mobile. I don't know. <laughs> I can I, I'll, I can see the comments. I'll post anyone that we want to talk about. Um, oh, let, let's talk a little bit about the cast, right? Because. This cast has a whole depth of experience. So we already talked about Noah. Let's go through Ulu first. We talked about Noah. Noah has um, Liz Riley says to your right, there should be a, maybe a comment button. There um, should. Noah says, wait, what does he yeah. say? So Noah had no Noah. We talked about as a returning player. He first played when he was fourteen. Now he's back and he's nineteen. So he has some more life experience coming with him. Yes, we have yeah. Chris Lord. Now Chris Lord is interesting because I watched. <laughs> I recognized him because he played in. Yes, Kevin Evans says like he was the first boot in Pacific Northwest two weeks prior to BC. I didn't realize that oh. game, uh, which was fans versus favorites, I want to say, happened right before this season. Um, so Chris Lord, uh, he's the founder of Survivor New York. And before he founded Survivor New York, he played on the Durham War Survival Challenge in Maine in 2015, I want to say. And he's in the infamous season where... Uh, Dr. Jill from Survivor Nicaragua leads a Survivor Alumni Alliance and stomps through the game. And Chris is unfortunately the minority at the merge. Uh, but he is, I, I want to say he's the last fan standing of the minority alliance. Okay. That, that, Kirk agrees. Chris Lord was fifth in Pirate. Oh, Chris Lord also played Pir um, Pirate Booty Camp season two. Okay. That I didn't know about either. So Chris has, Chris has a fair amount of experience behind him and has done well in his games. Um, now we have Lexi, and to my knowledge, this is Lexi's first game. We have Aleem. Aleem played with Kevin um, in Pacific Northwest two weeks prior to filming as well. So there is a big connection with Aleem and Kevin. Uh, we have David. David played in Survivor Los Angeles. Um, I can't remember what year, but he played prior to that season. He and Kevin played in the same season, though. I don't believe they're on the same tribe. No, they're not on the same. Well, not this season, but yeah. I don't about that. And they also started different tribes this season, too. So that connection pretty severed um we have Lindsay. Lindsay is from washington but it's her first game i believe uh and then we have Kristen. Kristen played in surviving real foot that previous summer and thickest thickest thieves yeah and yes. we have stacy and stacy the question is not what game has stacy played but what games haven't stacy played because stacy is the connoisseur of live reality games is probably is more experienced on this than anyone else in the cast and stacy not only has more experience she has really good placements in these games like stacy frequently goes deep in the merge and is very skilled at these games 
Yeah, so I, I first caught glance of Stacy in Sur, uh, Surviving Real Foot 2. Mm-hmm. And um, I, back then, I actually didn't even watch watch Real Foot. I hadn't watched Real Foot until I played... This is Stacey's 13th game. So... Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And the number's only gone up since then. I can tell you that. Man, so... Uh, but, no, uh, there's nothing... You know she's going to be iconic mm-hmm. when, if she plays a hidden immunity idol they're going to play a song by Moby. <laughs> All right. You, Stacey says she's at 20 now. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, I, so, I remember that was the episode they edited like the genius. Like when, like it's like she had a fake idol, but no, it's a real idol. And I, that, 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 that's a great scene. Um, like a clutch moment. Yeah. So looking at the Ula Ula tribe as a whole, Keenan, any thoughts on the, that group of players? They, they're very, very colorful. I mean, Blue already is uh, a little bit more pop into the eyes than black. <laughs> it's a beautiful yeah. shade of blue. And I mean, you see, you see gameplay just tick off the bat. David already has a solidified four with Aleem as a firm affiliate. Mm-hmm. And um, looks like Stacy's within, within that group too, but just, just not exactly within that, within the very core of the Alliance. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he has mentioned that uh, he's, shaken by chris we don't see much of that this episode Mm -hmm. in fact like we um we don't really see any ill will between chris or or david we'll we'll hear kind of um we'll hear some thoughts of players about chris as they go but we we don't see any direct conflict between them yeah yes and uh well the and um we see some uh sketchy uh just a tad sketched about noah as it's proven Mm-hmm. reasonably so mm-hmm. and uh but um he's uh so i think for like let's go over these players i th- yeah david's a great start for this list mm-hmm. he's he's very he's very analytical i don't know how he's played in previous games this is literally mm-hmm. this is my first time seeing a lot of the, these other players mm-hmm. games so bear with me david he he's very analytical he's he's got good leadership skills mm-hmm He's and you know he he's got a job where he's got to have that charismatic look. He's a model from from Los Angeles. He's an actor as well. You know he's got he's got to get people to buy. Him. Mm-hmm. He's he's his own personal salesman, and uh, it's worked it's worked on three of the ladies, and it's built and it's built some camaraderie with Aleem. So that's there. Uh, Aleem, who I've actually hung out with personally before in uh, real life um he's also very much uh he's got a little bit of the same mentality with not quite as like he's not quite as cunning as david mm-hmm. but you could but his gears are always turning on what he's going to do next what he's going to do next he's interacted with everybody including noah who he he, he does know that david does have sketch thoughts on mm-hmm. one of my favorite things and is hearing Aleem strategize and process what's going on around him. I really enjoyed Aleem, how he lays out his thoughts and his gameplay. And it was, it was very fun because like I had no idea what, uh, I'm on the other tribe, I had no idea what was going on with Aleem and knowing everything going here. So hearing his thoughts and as he's like, what's happening, I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very good to, it's really good to see that too, actually. And oh. like, he displays his thoughts in a perfect, in a perfect, in a perfect manner. The way someone's starting out Survivor it, hell, 
like you could tell he's played a game before. This is how someone should start Survivor. Just a perfect layout and where they want to go and how they sit with others. And doing that with people sometimes that you don't see eye to eye to and still talking to them, socializing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also looking at the people that you are going to align with and just literally spill every single little detail out there. And just like to and ease their fears that if their name's coming down, bring them down low mm-hmm. so they don't go absolutely rogue come merge. Let's talk a little bit about the Batalon tribe. So um, first up, we have Rachel. Uh, Rachel has competed in two games prior to this. She played in Surviving Real Foot that summer where she went out pre-merge. And then she played in Survival Challenge the year before that where she made it very, she made it pretty far in the merge. It was a pretty brutal game with a mer- 24 players, a merge of nine. And she, and she was one of the players that made it to merge. And I think one of the, her strongest attributes as a player is her physical and challenge game is, is pretty peak. Oh yeah, I mean, and she she's in a very she's in her very early forties. She's a mom. I think she's got three kids, mm-hmm. and she's a badass mom. Mm-hmm. Like, and she is not she's not the type of merciful moms you see on Survivor that cry, sob, and mm-hmm. want the rain to stop. She she she's there to fight. She also played Adventure Coco Belly, which I forgot about, which she played between um, Survival Challenge. Yeah, she played after Survival Challenge. I don't remember how she did in that season, though. Uh, I know she didn't win. <laughs> um, n- next up, we have Taylor St. Louis, who is one of the two returning players in this tribe. She had played Season 5, but she's also played in Real Foot at some point. I don't recall which season she did. It's one of the... I don't want to say... It's one of the seasons where there's no footage available. <laughs> so I don't know very much, very much about her, 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 game, her, her gameplay there. I've tried digging through everything to find where Taylor St. Louis played real foot. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I think one season in 2018, just a little bit after uh, Deus Ex Machina there, there, there was a little bit, I think it's battle Royale. Yeah. Cause they did a returning season. What? That was a returning season. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that'd be your second time playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that I think do like so she had four and six. Yeah, she, season four is I know that's the one that, that okay. that's the season that was Lance's premiere season. I want to say too, but I could be wrong. Right, and um, I, I I know nothing about Real Foot season four. Yeah, so, so yeah, for for me, I just knew her as a first boot. Uh, that's that's all I knew about her. But she knew me. She's like, I watched you on. So I watched you play Real Foot. I'm like, oh great. <laughs> I was hoping no one watched me, but oh. after um, after to. Well, after this episode, you don't really think of her as a first boot anymore. That that is literally a relic mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she she survived. She yeah, won the challenge. Yeah. She she she's won, and the, this is in Survivor BC history. This is the first time she's won challenges. Mm-hmm. She got two under her belt on the premiere, which is already more than what she had before. And I think she uh, since she did do another Survivor game very subsequently after. I think that gave her. I think that gave her enough time to learn. She's already. She's already got a mentality to not keep mm-hmm. going too far, too hard, too fast. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, she's also. She's also rightfully nervous. Mm-hmm. But we don't see. We see her form bonds with Naya, and Kevin, who are fellow first boots themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, her mind's her mind. Her mindset is bonding with the first boots, like to build to build a social rapport 
for a worst case scenario, mm-hmm. but we don't see her elaborate with any any other people. She doesn't really talk about her thoughts on and, the tribe as a whole. And this may be we we don't spend a lot of time with the Baton tribe this episode, and we'll probably get more of that soon and soon. Yeah, yeah, three people get confessionals: mm-hmm. Rachel, Taylor, and while we're on Baton, Keegan. Mm-hmm. Plus, this Hardy's got a similar same. A a similar name to mine. I didn't think you could be dyslexic speaking, but uh, sorry about that. Uh, But no, Keegan, you know, like I said, he's he's spent the whole episode just winning. He's got no. So he's giving himself a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of fearless moments. And Mm -hmm. he's not exactly elaborate either on who he's working with. It is Badahan. And he's. I think he's obviously building up the staple to being to being the beast as is. Like he's already gained a reputation as a bit of a beast, as mm-hmm. someone who was re- going to be respected a little bit. And he's a good-looking blonde. Mm-hmm. You, you can't deny that. And he and I mean, <laughs> I didn't know this, but he so he played in Survivor Pacific Northwest. He's played several seasons of that, including yes. their Heroes versus Villains season, where he was a villain and. This is silly. I'd actually watched that season, but I totally didn't recognize him because his hair is very different by the time he plays Survivor BC. That's hilarious. Well, I know he's a. Uh, well, he seems to be actually really good friends with uh, season five winner and Pacific Northwest host Jack Wire. Mm-hmm. In fact, fun little fact here: he's a day older than Jack, but born different years. Huh. Huh. Okay, that, that I'm impressed. You know of that fact. Yes, I, I, I saw I saw a New Year's Eve post with them one time, <laughs> celebrating their birthdays together. Um, next player is we have is Tony. Tony is also a Survivor Real Foot veteran, though I didn't know that at the time. Um, I also want to say season four, maybe um, season four, season five. He played one of those two seasons, but I, I didn't know that. Um, you know, t- Tony is an older guy. He's a, he's a father, and we, I remember he talked about his daughter a lot. Um, any any thoughts about Tony? Uh, Tony, we don't, we um, we don't see confessionals from Tony, but we mm-hmm. do see him very present in the episode. He does have a mark. He's very enthusiastic with the chanting, with the chanting reward challenge with Badahan. <laughs> uh, I hope some maybe would never see that in the light of day is is our is our chant, but we won. That's what matters. Um, yeah. he's the, he is the guy with the most heart. There, he has mm-hmm. the most heart next to Taylor, mm-hmm. who she she's. She's the queen of that chant. And then he's also a very, very pivotal role, small but pivotal in the immunity challenge. Mm-hmm. Is he the thrower or the catcher? Catcher. There we and go. It's not look like an easy thing to catch. It's a marble. Yeah, I, I refuse to take that position. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I do to get out of that position either, honestly. But uh, Tony... I also got to see him live in Surviving Maine. Not oh, live. I didn't realize he played Maine. As it aired, and I saw Tony, and I'm like, okay, since I've seen the live streams for season six, that's Tony, who had come back in season six. And it's a, and, they, and that was not long before season six started. Mm-hmm. And um, in Surviving Maine, Tony actually makes the finals, but gets no votes. Oh, wow. Final three. Okay. So I wonder how, I wonder how, I wonder how that changed how he plays. Yes, well, like like Surviving Maine, the premiere 
Tony is um, on a tribe that is doing nothing but winning. <laughs> I don't think that's. Still, I mean, I I, I, won't, I won't say more because because that would spoil the future season. So, oh, um, but you know, there is also a connection between Tony and TSL because of Real Foot. Um, and then we have Lori. Lori had played Real Foot the summer before this that same summer before coming in playing Survivor, um, Survivor BC. Um, let's see. We have Naya. We have not. She was again the first boot from the second season of Survivor BC. Uh, we have Kevin, who we've talked about. Kevin uh, is actually good friends with Lindsay, even though they're in separate tribes. And he played. He was the first boot from Pacific Northwest two weeks ago, and was an early boot in Survivor LA because just unfortunate situations with how the pre-merged tribes went. Um, he yes. also played in Survivor LA with David that summer. So they, there's, I don't know how strong a connection, but there was some sort of connection between the two of them. And finally, you have me. I was on that tribe too. Um, yes, yes, we do have you. Um, if you want, if you want to divulge deeper, feel 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 free as a bird. Oh man, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I I came in, I felt so. I this is again two months after Real Foot. I felt very good about my Real Foot game, minus like a fatal flaw of telling someone had an idol, then getting backstabbed and voting out, getting voted out with the idol. But beyond that, I felt very. I felt like I'd feel like I felt like I figured out how I should be playing. Um, and I was going to try to do the best I could to kind of replicate that to an extent at BC. But I, I feel like I hit the premiere kind of flat-footed, not anticipating how fast things go. We don't have like a full, full day of reward challenges like I've had with every other season I played. All right. And uh, you're... Uh, so we go into... Oh, we actually didn't really elaborate much on uh, Nana. She's the other kind of star of the season... Mm-hmm confessional so we don't mm-hmm. know how she wants to redeem her uh mm-hmm. redeem her season mm-hmm. but we have um but we know a little bit of information from her second season mm-hmm. she was physically stronger for the challenges but a lot of people there were wanting to just make some big moves and mm-hmm. and four people on that tribe of seven voted her out mm-hmm. um one of those players being the runner-up of that season and Naya, I'm trying to recall, Naya was a very kind person, but had kind of this ethereal quality to her, which, which was very interesting. Ah, fair enough. Um, so once we're broken the tribes, the first thing that happens is we have a marooning where we don't, we start out with nothing and we have to race off in the woods to find our items. And they're in these trash bags, we only bring one item at a time. And so like, there's your sleeping bag, your pillow, your jackets, extra clothing. And the marooning hap- will last until one player solves a word puzzle. And we each have the same word puzzle. Um, and so as soon as a player solves a word puzzle, the marooning ends. You don't get any more items. And whoever solved it gets immunity at their first travel council, which is pretty pretty good, pretty big in a season of first boots. Um, and the camera didn't show it, but kind of off in the woods to the side was actually this poster board with like kind of hints or clues to like, the word scramble because i think the word scramble was like a several word long phrase and so i saw people going up and studying if i'm just like man i don't need i don't i think i'm gonna be greedy i don't think i need immunity i'm gonna keep running and i'm gonna grab more stuff and try to maybe start having snatches of conversation with people as we run and at that and it's not caught on camera but keegan wins immunity and to my knowledge keegan from what keegan told me it was a heads up of him versus lean at the very end to try to solve that puzzle first 
oh, Lean, Lean was pissed he came this short. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, but I know a lot of people were not impressed with Keegan. That like that's a big social capital destroyer right out of the gate. I don't think destroyer, but like it definitely was on my mind. Like okay, this guy got immunity. I'm not thrilled that he feels like he needs immunity already. I would have been fine letting someone from the other tribe get immunity first. I don't know because you get into this such tribe mentality. I I I, I didn't want to see that immunity on our tribe to start with. Yes. Well, yeah, that put that's put your puts your tribe out in the open as mm-hmm. oh, it's just a bunch of challenge beasts. We gotta take them down. We gotta be like we gotta be the hyenas taking out the lions. Now, maybe in retrospect, part of me should have just tried to solve the word puzzle immediately and deny everyone all luxuries, but I think that'd been cruel and unusual punishment. Well, if I was doing that word puzzle and I knew the answer, uh I would just I would have the answer in my head. I'd just be waiting a tad bit. Mm-hmm. And try to get more stuff as possible because the more you kind of drag it out, mm-hmm. the more you're building some social capital, allowing people to have more comfort on them, mm-hmm. allowing people to have more items, and they'll mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, thank you for waiting that long." Okay, not quite like that, but they'll be like a little bit happier overall that mm-hmm. um, they got to have more items on their on their back. Of course, mm-hmm. some can be greedy, and if they didn't get everything, you still won. Then you're still like you're still putting a big target on your back, and you do have to work a lot harder just right out of the gate to get it <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Evans says, I was making not so subtle comments against Keegan for Keegan denying me my sweater by solving that puzzle. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, proof is in the pudding right there. Because as much as nice as it was during the day, it did kind of get cold at night. And so having you wanted the you wanted the jacket, you needed the sleeping bag. If you didn't have those two, you were not the happiest of campers. Um, so after the marooning, we get a fair amount of time at camp life. And one thing I want to talk about that we don't get profiled. <laughs> we don't get profiled. Kristen is saying, <laughs> "I didn't need a sweater. I had a dress. I, I don't see how those are substitutes. It's, it sounds like you're gonna be cold." <laughs> Um, there's this um, gold coin twist this season. So in this season, uh, Keenan, your season had something similar, uh, and so is it. So of all future seasons, actually, this is the inaugural season of the coin twist. Twist these rockwing, these rockwing or BC bucks were hidden in the woods for the for for the um, various players to collect, and then as a tribe, you can use it to buy supplies. So you can buy a tarp, you can buy a knife, you could you could buy rope, you could buy food. That was the most important one you can buy. And so it had a variety of items and prices. So like your luxury item, um, an, an extra pillow, flashlight, remember those were expensive, um, all the way up to like kind of cr- some crazier food options as well. And so the, the twist is cool because it was forced you to go and to kind of scavenge and to get outside of camp versus all just sitting in a circle. And so it was a way to kind of induce you to have that that feel the real survivor show. Oh, I think that's a, that, that is a good idea. And mm-hmm. you also, you find little other things along the way. Sometimes when there are coins, you sometimes get a little bit shocked. <laughs> a bigger surprise. Well, I know the, uh, I know one of the items was candy, but uh, we all know that uh, they don't mean special by candy. So my season, your season, one of the items on the list is uh, rock, 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 rain, candy, and sweets. And one of the notable things about this adding compared to other items is it's, a, it's in quotes on the menu. It's like rock, rock, rain, 
candy and sweets. <laughs> and uh, the first thing that happens in your season is um, Tagakuna goes to your tribe to buy the candy. <laughs> you get the candy to see what the candy is. And he's like, oh, it's just candy. Uh, this will be a mild spoiler. This actually matters for our season, this, this season as well, as you'll see in future episodes. Yeah. Hey, hey, 13 <laughs> other people got candy from the very first challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I'd like to talk some, something about Batohan before we go back to Ula Ula. So we see early on the scenes, all of our tribe is kind of wandering around searching for coins. It's a way to mingle and the talk and the search. And Taylor St. Louis turns to the camera and says, I see something. I can't get it right now. Oh, that, that actually. And she says that. And then like, I me, I think I wandered by and a couple other players and we all kind of, as a group, kind of wander off in a different direction. Uh, what were what your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts on that. Taylor's, I think, I think they are actually smart for not grabbing that because if it's gone, suggests that your bag is going to be searched. Every single bag is going to be emptied. Well, well, what do you what do you th- what do you think she could have seen? What are some options out there? I think um, I think it I think it's I actually don't know if this is true or not. It could be the H I I. So if you're in the woods and start of the game, and everyone's around you, you see the hidden unit idol. Do you just go for it, or 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 do you try to be more circumspect? If everybody sees it, I think I would actually just keep my eyes out just a little more mm-hmm. a little more like having played before and having knowing a little bit i would keep my eyes open to see if that's gone off mm-hmm. there and better yet i'd be i'd be hiding off a little bit of a distance seeing eyeing that area constantly mm-hmm. who's gonna grab it who's mm-hmm. gonna grab it? and the second that person grabs it that is that is low-key public enemy number one and I wouldn't use that as a selling point to kind of go against them, but I'd use other subtleties to either go against them, or if I knew they had it, I would try to build subtly a rapport with them without mm-hmm. them knowing I knew. Oh. It's really it's really tough. I'm a cancer. I hope feelings on my sleeve. Well, we don't see a lot more on this, but this is going to be an important storyline that I think we'll, that I'm pretty sure we will see much more of next episode because one of the questions we'll have to see is, well, does she go back and get and get whatever that is? Right? Oh. oh, wow. Well, I, 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 I hope it's like a weekly little air out of these episodes. I would love, I would, I would lo- love to see it because mm-hmm. I'm actually, this weekend, I'm going to be uh, going to be seeing Luke again. Nice. And- uh, episode yeah, two comes out this Sunday. Damn, that's that is that's perfect. I will. So. I, I'm more than happy to elaborate on that one too. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you suggest that we are ready to go back to the Ula Ula tribe? Well, the one last thing, because um, we don't see much else about the Baton tribe, but um, you've unfortunately, I don't think you've been because this is the same campsite of you, as your season. I don't think you've been to the original Baton tribe or what was uh, the Ephesus tribe your season. Nope. Yeah. So, at least it felt like more in that woods. There's a lot of these like slugs just all over the place in that wood, and we were and like we were just like not having it. So like we we're all in the woods, like oh, should we put the tarp here. Then we're like, yeah, there's too much wildlife here. That's why eventually you see us all like in the grass outside the woods, setting up our tarp and camping the night because we didn't want to be anywhere near the slugs that were everywhere. Yes, I mean, 
I don't I don't see any other place in the world talking about those huge slugs, but they're they're in every little garden out here in BC. You'll find them in the backyard. If you're a little kid, you wanna you wanna touch it. So that that to me does not scare me as much. That's just backyard nature to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, I'm thinking, oh, these Americans, so amateur. <laughs> I mean, one of the worst things about moving to Texas is there's so many bugs here. It's 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 awful. Like oh. I, I like my I like my I like my apartments to be bug free, and they keep trying to get in my apartment and die. I've only been to Texas once, and twice. And both times it was for a layover on the way to Belize with my family. So I've not actually like divulged into the entirety of the state of Texas before. Yeah. I know it's I know it's hot as all hell mm-hmm. for a long duration of the year. Summer summer not summer being the peak of it, just the worst of it. It's still like like maybe spring in Texas is probably summer here. For a hot moment, there was going to be a, a live reality game in Texas, Survivor Lone Star, uh, but then, well, COVID happened. Uh, oh. Anyhow, <laughs> okay. moving on to the funner tribe, or at least the more the funner tribe in this episode, the Ula Ula tribe. We, yeah. we, we get to hear a lot from the different players. Tell me your thoughts on kind of the interworkings of this tribe or, that we see early on. So I saw Stacy's uh, live stream on Kristen. I knew that was going to make the episode. I knew, and or I, at bare minimum, I knew it would make a possible recap, like a previously on Survivor, saying that Stacey oh, does not like Kristen. Sucks, <laughs> but I mean, plus Kristen's absolute heart. I laugh my ass off at that moment. Like, not stop, not stop, not stop. It's it's really cool to see kind of like the forty-something-year-old crowd just be absolute, be absolute badass, and you don't even see that in the real Survivor as often but it's like not as often anymore because it is a lot of younger people nowadays but mm-hmm. seeing a bunch of 40 some year mom, moms give attitude just drives me nuts drives, drives me absolutely insane in a good way what's amusing and, about this is that um in the season i played with kristen that summer we almost have the kind of the same thing happening where we have this kind of rivalry between tess uh um and kristen where i think Tess just just took a dislike to Kristen and just wanted to vote Kristen out because of it. And so it was weird seeing a little bit of that kind of like Kristen versus the world come back in this season at the start. So Kristen is an early target very early on again. I think she has mentioned she doesn't feel bad for first boots anymore because her name is always a nominee. But but you know, Kristen is a very savvy player. I mean, every every so Kristen has played um, before. Let's just talk about real foot. We're not going to do anything else. But uh, Kristen goes very deep in real foot and is very adept at making bonds, making alliances, and navigating the twists and turns of the game. And, 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 and it paid off in that game. And so I think Kristen, this episode is very smart to say, like, I need a person as a shield. I'm going to go have David make a line of and he will be my shield and he'll protect me at this at this at this very critical juncture of the, of the early game yes and you can tell david off the bat is underestimating Kristen. yeah um by the way uh stacy is the fan favorite for kevin's friends and i i can definitely see that. i i love state how stacy's personality kind of pops on screen it's very fun yes absolutely she she knows how to make me laugh <laughs> um 
I played uh, Victory House the Mole with Stacy, and probably one of my favorite Stacy moments from that season is like she is um, doing this French actor accent and pretending to be a waitress serving food. It it, it just had me rolling. <laughs> Amazing, too um, good. And uh, so, uh, but we haven't seen a lot from uh, we haven't seen a lot from some of the other girls. Um, we could uh. If we want, we can talk a little bit more about Stacey, but uh, we don't see much about Lindsay and Lexi. We we get little pieces from them, not as much from Lexi, but we hear that, like, you know, David's kind of trying to form this alliance from the get-go. We get, in fact, the open confessional of the season is from David saying, hey, you know, like, I like Lindsay, I like Lexi, I like Kristen, I want to work with, with, with women, uh, you know, I like Aleem, I like Stacey, and the, I'm on the fence about Chris and Noah. And so, and we hear a lot about David working the forum, kind of this, uh, I think it's Lexi, Kristen, and him. We hear a lot about that trio. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I'd say, I'd say more or less for some because, oh, like you said, him, Kristen, and Lexi. Yeah, and then I, and I, Lindsay ends up being in pretty integral I, Matt. I thought Lindsay was like really involved in there. Mm-hmm. Like a confessional for, with Lindsay before we see something from Lexi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, we don't see a lot from Lindsay. I'm just assuming by her sweater she's born in June, maybe? Gemini. <laughs> but what, uh, Lexi, what, I bet. What we do see is we get a... <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, the secret twins this season were Lindsay and Lexi. As someone on another tribe, I could not tell them apart for a very long period of the game. Um, really, what this episode what I love kind of ends up being, it's a little bit like the Noah show, right? Because we get to see a lot of Noah. Uh, we get, and because we get no, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I, I'm thinking about targeting Chris or David. I don't know why, but I kind of want to target them anyways." And things are quiet, and we see him. T- you see him all, like really working in a lean, and see the two of them off of each other a lot. It's very interesting to see how how fast um, Noah was playing in that regard. You know, I don't know exactly if no one knows this or not, but he is almost right to to target David mm-hmm. in in a sense of getting rid of other people's shield. Because David is showing himself to be very prominent in his strategy. And no, mm-hmm. no, Noah, I think if he can read that, he is smart. So I don't think maybe his strategy is all too inadvertent. But, uh, okay. and uh, Chris, we don't see like lots of strategizing from him. He seems to be in just like the only one who really has Chris on the mm-hmm. radar mm-hmm. other than Noah is David. Yeah. It's well, very classic East Coast versus West Coast. <laughs> well, we get the confessional with, with it's a, it's Aleem and Noah talking at night. And I don't, I think it's Aleem saying, you know, like Chris just keeps bringing up all this survivor, how much he watches and plays. And for, and like it's kind of building up this kind of threat in people's minds, like, oh, this dude knows what he's doing. And they're like, oh, hey, Chris is playing so well, but we see through it. Yes. Well, the one thing you don't want to do in Survivor of any game and is talk about Survivor. Except, <laughs> well, it, it can kind of depend, right? I think like the survival challenge. I was, I had so, I, I had the biggest survivor nerds on my tribe, and it was amazing. And I wish I just nerded out with them more. But like on my tribe for Batman, people are like talking about survival real fun. They're like, don't talk about survival real fun. Don't talk about survival real fun. Don't talk about survival real fun. Like, let's not talk about my past experiences. I want to be on this because I, at least I thought a lot of my tribe hadn't played before, so I want to be on the same ground as them. So, oh, oh yes. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, I could definitely tell that Chris does seem like he does know Survivor. He is a host too. Mm-hmm. So he knows players. 
Mm-hmm. Like he can, he is able to study playing styles so he knows how to adjust his own. And I and they know that. Mm-hmm. I think being a host is an advantage and a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. We I have had a host win before though. Mm-hmm. So so um for though like for them to be a host and already have that target on their back and win, that's a huge win. But will will we have a host winner? I know, you know. Somebody we'll don't. see. Um, so that ends really the first opening day and the next morning we start with this reward challenge where both tribes kind of prepare the song dance cheer that's judged by three past survivor bc alumni uh keenan which one did you like better um as as kula kula as ula ula is i I can snap my fingers a lot better to We Are Batahan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, man. I always, like, I actually, I, I sometimes met, like, comment on David Walsh's post saying, Ula Ula's pretty cool. And, you know, I think, like, there's a lot more colorful people on Ula Ula. And you would think, you would think, if it's for food, if it, we got the camp with less food. Should we try a little harder on this challenge? Oh no! <laughs> you know, I actually did like. It's trying too hard either. It's just I, I did like the Ula Ulas mainly because I like the head props. They had the like as Stacy mentioned, like they had skirts. They had weird little gra- graveyards uh, headstones that they painted. Like yes. I like the thought that was put into that stuff. The, the burn skirts are genius, and it's very similar to the Meke like a uh, reward challenge in Fiji. Mm-hmm. Only you're not staying for an overnight feast. You're staying for some, I think some breakfast from McDonald's. But, uh, but um, no, I mean, Badahan's chat was genius. You could tell Taylor St. Louis was leading that chant. And I would say Rachel put a lot of work into making that chant as well. Like, like Rachel spent a lot of time putting together those verses. I dance awkwardly i was the great backup dancer that was probably the most of my contribution <laughs> i will say my favorite moment and i'm a terrible human being and props to matt raymer for doing this was poor david has that amazing slip and fall at the very end of their dance and like it appears at the start of the episode and it appears then at that moment in episode two and i just looked at like just needs to be a gift. And now there's a gift that exists out there for Survivor BC alum, David. So forgive me. Don't worry. Don't worry, audience. Next week has an even better moment. Has probably one of the most iconic moments of the season is happening at next week's immunity challenge. We and see, it will be everywhere. Not saying what it is. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. <laughs> and if you're in the audience, you, Kristen Williams, you know what it is too. Um, yeah, so Bat- Batman wins. Uh, fun fact, I, this is my fourth Survivor game, and this is my first time ever winning a reward challenge. Because <laughs> every, every other season I've been on, my tribes were just abysmal at reward challenges. Like my first season, I lost the full day reward challenge. In the second season, we came third or fourth at reward challenge. And then real foot, we lost the reward challenge. And I was like, oh my gosh, I broke the curse. So it, it, it was an amazing moment. But no, and it's, it's a food reward. You already have more food at your camp as is. And the rest of these, then the people at the better camp are starving. 
it felt good. It felt very good. I can't, I can't say, I can't say much else beyond that, but it felt, it felt great starting off right. Even though like, you know, it's a song and dance challenge and it's not going to be your more typical survivor challenge, but like that, the have a higher morale in the camp and to really bring people together. Say, yeah, we got this. It's, it's, it was a good moment. Yes. And, um, so like, did you get like, so was unity, was unity better at Badahan after this? So, at least for me, I'm talking from my experience, I hadn't really started playing very hard at this point in the game. Um, I kind of had some light conversations with Rachel and Laurie, um, but I really was focusing on like, getting the know people and kind of feeling things out. I hadn't really worked very hard to kind of start solidifying alliances yet. Um, and so... I, you know, we're all happy. We're all together. We're all sit, sitting and standing in a circle talking to each other. So it's like, it's it's very hard to be that person to try to break away and say, hey, let's go strategize elsewhere. Uh, unless unless you like say like, oh, bathroom break because we didn't have an outhouse. We just had the woods. So. Yes. Well, yeah, when you're, when you're winning, it does become that much harder to do it. Mm-hmm. And the person who does it is both brave and, and, and psychotic. Um, we, 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 just did a lot of small things to kill time. So rope toss was definitely one of the games. Uh, at one point, it's toss the pine cone in the bo- pine cone in the box. <laughs> it's like we found ways to kill time. That's that's ac- that that's actually a really good way to kill time. What what we did in tribulation. Now that's okay to mention. We mm-hmm. actually played a uh, ninja sometimes. <laughs> I don't think we actually played. I don't think we played ninja. That would have been a good one. I played that in, like survival challenge, but I, I didn't even cross my mind. That would have been really fun. And sometimes we, and if someone has a deck of cards on there, you always play mm-hmm. with cards. And that's actually a low key way of just building, uh, you know, building alliances, knowing who's with who. When you study everybody, you know who's out to get whom. Mm-hmm. You know who, you know the manifestos without them having to spill their manifestos. And oh. we'll go into more about manifestos near the end of this for sure. Well, we don't get much else um, between the reward and the Muse challenge. We just kind of have um, Lin- Lindsay, Chris, we have we see Lindsay, Aleem, and Kristen talk a little bit, little bit, but like we don't get much strategy. Kristen mentions she talked to Aleem. She feels like maybe there's a her, David, Lindsay, Lexi as a four, but like I think we don't we don't get much. Um, so moving to the Muni challenge, this is a fun challenge. This is a multi-part challenge where you have a player find a marble, hand it to someone who with a paddle at the balance it across a beam then then three players then maneuver through a bunch of tubes uh, pvc pvc tubes they get it to a thrower sends it to a catcher and finally use that marble in a um really really difficult fall maze oh yes i saw i saw the live stream of that of that maze yeah that that looks like it's the most difficult part of the challenge you have to be very very slow it's not yeah. like the big boards you see on the real fire where you get to maneuver mm-hmm. Have a lot of space, and it's being the sharpest eye. You need to go along the right trail, mm-hmm. no shortcuts. And I mean, let me tell, this was to say small, about it, but it's difficult. This had like sixty different holes. The small sixty holes. It was hard from the get go, right? It wasn't like oh, like you know, it's easy, easy. Oh, it's so hard. It was like it was challenging from the very start. There was a there felt like a learning curve. I feel like you know, Baton ends up winning this challenge. I think one one of the things Baton did was. We just put Kevin on it, and we didn't like uh, to ever take him off. And I think, I think, and Ula Ula members, if you're here, correct me. I believe there was some substitution on your tribe of who was doing the ball maze. 
But yeah, I mean, as Kristen Williams says, like if you breathe wrong, the marble would fall. It was super sensitive. It was super delicate. And we were there for, it felt longer to me you know, in the episodes like 10 minutes later, but like, uh, I, we, long enough, we had some rule addendums, like, okay, you know, if you, every 10 you go, if you fall, you go back to the last checkpoint. Like they added checkpoints essentially to help speed us through it. Once we kind of got that, because like Kevin had kind of figured out, but it was just so delicate. We really just kind of like took away, we took away from there by storm. Oh yes. And, uh, you know, every part in that challenge matters, but one of the parts that is just a bummer to have to suffer, you have to do the whole challenge again. Yeah. There's, and, and like, on the ground after it toss. I'm talking with Stacey, Stacey says, like, that straight PVC pipe, because there was two bendy ones and a straight one. That straight one was a challenge. And it seemed like the real solution was you kind of have to have all three people working at once. They put the ball on a curvy one, shoots the straight one, goes the next curvy one, then repeat. And it really seemed like people, people figure out the flow of that, but um my my role as the marble balancer uh i didn't really do much it, like i felt bad i was like i want to be balancing i'm gonna balance it. the marble falls immediately but it didn't matter in the long term and things so it was really kind of me and rachel kind of hanging out watching them and then noah and chris was there and i was like do i try to talk to them do i not i don't know i just kind of made kind of chatted a bit with rachel a little strategy um and then we were all clustered. Then, then we moved. Then once we get the ball to the ball maze, we're all just kind of watching Kevin. Like, will he do it? Can he do it? Will he do it? Can he do it? And he did. So, um, granted that, um, granted that you and Rachel were talking, talking to each other and strategizing. Mm-hmm. Um, did anything pivotal come out? Um, was the Badahan Alliance officially formed? No. At that point, like it kind of was. I felt like I was comfortable with Rachel and me, and then Lori. Um, but it, I didn't feel like there was like an overall tribe alliance in this sense. In, in extent, at that point, it was just, I was kind of figuring. Out, I feel good with Rachel. You know, Rachel feels about Lori, and I can't feel good about it too. That's three of us, and I'm trying to figure out where things are going there, what connections I want to make. Yeah, you got you got three solid southerners right there. Mm-hmm, exactly, and um, like that's just another commonality in addition to the to the real foot thing. Because mm-hmm. as we as we know, there are. Like Taylor and Tony are the other real footers out there, but mm-hmm. we don't know what their placement, like what their. I, and I didn't even know they had real foot experience, to be honest. That that, that was that was a surprise. Like it's like, oh shoot, you played in one of those lost seasons. I had no idea. Uh, the lost seasons. The lost seasons of real foot. <laughs> um. So yeah, and at that point, like I was, I didn't even know who I wanted to vote out. I was just like, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but Batman wins. And we proceed to my favorite part of the episode, the Ula Ula scramble before travel council. Uh, should we just skip to the fun part? Well, I did say that we would go more into manifestos and one <laughs> error of spilling his manifesto. So heck Tell yeah. us more, Keenan. It's an amazing moment. This is a cringeworthy moment in the best way possible. Like Luke was just telling me, just keep keep looking here. Just 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 watch. Wait. Let's hope that Jara added in his manifesto here. And <laughs> I'd already been told told about this before by another by another production member. And it was just I didn't think it would be as cringeworthy as it sounded. I was I was I was I was I was right. It wasn't as cringeworthy as it sounded. It was more. I was so happy that this was on the camera. I had heard that Noah had basically told people to their faces, I want to vote you out and here's my boot order. But like watching it happen, 
poor Chris. I mean, Chris is here. He wants, he's experienced. He was ready to play, play hard. And he hears Noah saying, yeah, you're going to be the third boot in this tribe. And Chris is just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I just can, I can, like, it's, because it, it's Noah comes and Chris is saying no with Lindsay. It's just this weird conversation where Noah's kind of dictating the terms of the tribe to Chris. And Lindsay's probably just like, what is happening? <laughs> She's hearing oh, this. Like, we literally see all the guys' votes. Like, all, like, all the men's votes are so obvious. So I think, Jar is trying is making it look like the girls are controlling this game. Like it's the four girls that are controlling the vote. They don't show them because maybe they dictate the option. <laughs> and uh, we um um we also uh, do um wait, Stacy, like confirm with this week. Did he also tell you to your face that he he wanted to vote you out second? Because I believe it was like I can't remember the exact list. It was like. Stacy, it was you, Kristen, and uh, Chris were the were the three, and I can't remember what order it was. Chris, I think it was what Kristen, then you, then um, Kristen, then you, then Chris. <laughs> Kristen says yes. Noah told me I was leaving in ten minutes. Oh my gosh, that is strategy in a nutshell, people. I mean, my favorite thing about Noah is like, so he has this whole like just tell. He, He's really, he's too truthful, too honest, right? To a fault, telling everyone his plans. And I love when he goes off with Aleem and David. And he just tells David, like, so there is the core three of us three. Then we're going to bring on these two other people. But they're expendable. We don't really know which we want. And he has, like, this whole, like, elaborate endgame plan that he's sharing. And David's like, okay. It's almost like it's when you like overshare and are so truthful and survivor that people just stop believing you. It's like, why would you tell me this? And David kind of has this look of like, why is he telling me this? And David kind of walks out saying, well, he wants to make a final three, but he wants to vote on Chris and that's just not good for me. So I'm not going to do it. I mean, you, you know, David will tar will target him if, if he's going to go after an ally who David's wanting to work with that see like the foursome, Plus, Aleem seems, seems very infractionable. And just, and so I knew that at least, at least no one from that alliance was going home. Mm -hmm. And um, you feel, and here's the thing you want Noah to redeem himself at the beginning of this. You want to We're rooting for the, for the for the first boot. So you've had this conversation with Chris and with Chris and Chris is like, why would I want to vote out a first boot again? I don't want to do that to anyone. This whole, the, this whole pre-tribal, I don't know how long it is, but the whole, the whole, all 10 minutes, let's just say, of Noah listing his manifesto, scrambling like a fucking egg, <laughs> does make me feel tremendously less sorry if he's gone. And maybe the, so like... <laughs> And Kevin Evans saying it felt like the whole episode no one knew he was gonna be the star of the first episode but for all the wrong reasons and like maybe this is like Survivor 101 what not to do don't play like Noah but here's maybe like I don't know if this is a hot take or maybe like you agree with this this is like evidence I think the player of the episode was Aleem because Aleem finds himself in a situation where he's he wants to work with Noah because Noah's looking starting to play and Aleem wants to play uh and Noah just blows up Noah, Noah says like Tells everyone and leans his final two, starts telling people in their face they're gonna vote out, and Aleem's just like, oh shoot, this is really bad. And Aleem just works hard to get everyone to say, 
I'm not with him. We're not a final two. I want him gone. I'll write his name down. And, and like, because you even have Chris saying, I wanted Aleem, but it looks like it's going to be no one now. And so I think Aleem puts in the effort to distance himself from this disaster of a alliance and to kind of repair things in his game to reset. Now, he still catches a vote. He's the he's the emergency vote. He gets the vote from Stacy as a backup plan in case Noah has an idol, but Aleem says he's my ride or die. He'd tell me if he had an idol. Um, but I think Aleem, for the situation he finds himself in, ends up playing, I think, the best he could. Uh, honestly... Like I, I, I've talked with Aleem quite a bit at uh, some Survivor BC just small gatherings, just mm-hmm. to his friends. And Aleem, Aleem's had me, Aleem's had me over at his place before. He does not give remotely enough credit to his own game. He doesn't. And this episode is proof in the absolute pudding that mm-hmm. he can, he can play. He can socialize. He can yeah. strategize. He could get people to, to just really like him. Like, cause you see Kristen already has good vibes about him at the beginning. Like as he is telling her what she wants to mm-hmm. hear. Like she knows that her name's being tossed out, but he is doing a great job at just toning down her paranoia. Mm-hmm. And he and and that's also just proof in Survivor overall. Social play and strategic gameplay aren't always two separate elements of the mm-hmm. game. They go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really me. It's really amazing to actually see Noah su- succeed at it. And I think Noah, no, uh, Aleem. Thank <laughs> it's like I don't know. I, I don't think I, Noah's supposed to try to have a not succeeding at. So my like own season, I mix up names constantly. Mm-hmm. I we actually use my football as a way to memorize each other's names. Like say who we're throwing to. A way to memorize Jeff's name. What I did was uh, say. Not part of the roast, but on this back to this, back to this. But no, you get to really respect uh, Aleem's game, and you know it. It show it shows that he is going to be that he might that he might do well in Ula Ula. That he's got actually a good standing by far in Ula Ula, and um, he's already and like he's already getting the trust of some of the big. Of some of the big league strategizers like like David, mm-hmm. to to like him as well. So when he's getting the shield, he's getting the shield on his side very easily. In addition, we already um, we already see how he gets Lexi to like him. In fact, very obvious in real life. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've actually um, we don't see much of Lexi here, but I I have I have I've met Lexi. She is extremely nice nice woman. Mm-hmm very much a gem of a person mm-hmm. and um but yeah we don't exactly see lots of her we see a very brief a brief confessional and she knows her standing's good mm-hmm. like the two the two girls in david's alliance know they're good three. Lindsay, lexi and Kristen. yeah yeah Cri- yeah three yeah three but Kristen seems like she is nervous a lot of the a lot of the time it seems like she is one of the smaller girls you see her put on a shirt and pretend it's a dress you know, so you see her try to be a little like she's, t- and I think a lot of that nervousness and Kristen just got, you know, got shown when she was speaking lots. Because mm-hmm. when someone's saying nonstop, 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 that's 
that's evidence that's just it's it's the nerve talking. It's always nervous walking into a tribe of strangers. Like, all right, I need to make all these people like me, want to work with me because I I'm here to play. I flew from the United States to come compete. Right? Yeah, it's excitement to play as well, though. Mm-hmm. That that catches up with you as well because you're li- you're living something that's not the real survivor, but so it's so similar. It just feels like it. You almost have Russ Lando music go on in your head. Actually, like actually, and it's just. And just when you get to camp, you just almost hum the music. It almost feels like each night is like for old school spies, say Thursday night or Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. It just like it goes goes back to like those early days when Thursday, just a day before your good your good Friday, you sit down with the family, turn the fireplace on. It's a chilly night. You flick on Survivor. It feels well, like that. Well, walking in the travel council, it feels. Like a little a bygone conclusion that Noah's going home. Um, but we have we know Noah's name's out there. We know Kristen's name is out there, much much to her dismay and Aleem for throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've heard that there might be a rogue vote going on Aleem as a backup. And like that, we have a six one one opening vote. Six players, everyone casts their vote for Noah, except Stacy casts her vote for Aleem as that backup plan. And Noah casts his vote for Kristen. And Noah the, qu- the title episode is Will History Repeat Itself? Answers, I guess, because Noah is the first boot in season six. Yes, well, well, uh, I find it funny because we. I wish they actually showed this, but Tony actually predicted that on Batahan. He had a confessional that said, I think Noah's going. History has a way of repeating itself here. <laughs> well, maybe no. Oh, man, I never knew Tony was a Nostradamus. That's interesting. Yes, I mean, like, he's just a tad, tad smarter than he actually looks when when he says that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I think that is where the episode title comes from, because history does have a way of repeating himself. We have seen a first boot, the only returning first boot, be the first boot again. And, and I mean... Only difference is that person did not do it to themselves. <laughs> Literally, I will agree with you there. Seem to think it was coming. Mm-hmm. Like, how is there not a fire under your ass to learn from your mistakes? How is there not a fire under your ass to just do a little bit better? Well, looking forward from here. Um, do you have Do you have any expectations or guesses to, as to what's going to happen in both these tribes in the next episode? expectations um i the things I you're looking forward to see pardon or even things you're looking forward to see in the future, next next week's episode I, I i i do hope they have a very uh a very dramatic ula, ula returns from tribal that they like because like i mm-hmm. i know they didn't focus on the Badahan tribe as much this time but i think it'd be more appropriate to throw folks on Badahan a little later and just get the rest of the focus out on on Ula Ula for the next round because um I want to see how Liam reacts to his hinky vote. Stacy. That's what I'm really fascinated to see at like is how does Liam react to this vote from Stacy? Does he find out it's from Stacy? Are there repercussions? Like I am very curious to see what the follow of the, of this will be like. I mean all of all the Ula Ula has been amazing to watch because I've only heard stories of that tribe. So like she getting to experience it in the episodes has been very exciting oh indeed and i think uh 
I think some people are going to feel a little bit more comfortable than others. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if they should feel comfortable. I mm -hmm. just don't know. Well, there's one person who will be comfortable next episode no matter what, and his name is Keegan. Because <laughs> Keegan still will not be going home no matter what next episode. That is that is definitely a guarantee, a guarantee no matter who goes to tribal council. Mm -hmm. He's 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 safe at least in, at least until he sees tribal council eventually. Mm -hmm. But who knows if Keegan's going to be the next Jeff Webb though. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see next episodes. I'm curious to see if we see more formation of these alliances on Ula Ula actually start to like form alliances because right now it felt like everyone's like maybe there's something but we're not sure. I'm really curious to see what all the other players in Batuan are doing at this time too and what connections they're trying to make. Because I know what I was trying to do at this time, but I'm really curious to see what was happening behind the scenes with all the other players. So I've only been able to speculate on my own since, since uh, the game. It's it's a very it's a very fickle game. Mm -hmm. I'll say that I'll say that much. It, it like I, I know how everything plays out, but seeing mm -hmm. what leads up to that, the why and when. Mm -hmm. are what make are what make it worth it like as predictable as as i knew no was going to be the first vote out again i knew that was going to happen but it was way more interesting to see it actually happen and way funnier too you palm your you palm your face all the time but you laugh <laughs> and you know maybe the <laughs> I, i'm just remembering at this point in the game <laughs> What happened was after we won that first immediate challenge, uh, we took the ball maze with us. I think we took, oh, I don't wow. know if we took one or two, we took two, but we took it with us and we all played with it on our tribe. That's how we killed time. <laughs> hey, that, that also, that also finds a way to just build bonds and just laugh a bit more, like just laugh at the, laugh at the little, little helped, it helped us admire what Kevin was able to do because man, it, I sucked at it and I played with it a lot that day. I could, I could definitely tell that uh, in regards to Kevin, we didn't elaborate much on, but just personality wise, he seems just kind of, he does seem kind of like the, the nerdy little type, which could come in handy later down the line for puzzles. Mm -hmm. He definitely, he gives me very, um, he gives me very cool nerd vibes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are, well, he's an engineer, so we, we know he's smart and level-headed, mm -hmm. but uh, what he's going to do next, we shall find out. Yeah. But I, I think it's amazing that they actually allowed you to take home that... Uh, that puzzle i mean well, we, we didn't take home well we, we took it we just took it back uh, to our camp i don't think we asked permission we just borrowed it <laughs> just, uh, uh, i just wonder if Jai was saying hmm i wonder what happened to that puzzle well i mean it, it ended up with the production at the end of the season but for, for the next couple of days it was on loan yeah well well that would have been a i mean i'm, I'm glad they i'm glad they allowed that it's mm -hmm. great when there's a time killer like that i mean mm -hmm. All we had to kill time after winning immunity was strategizing in just card games. It's a lot better an advantage, I think, having the bigger camp gives you more room to strategize. Mm -hmm. People don't see you go oh my gosh. Wanna... Your camp, the Ulu camp, it's massive. It's beautiful. I was like, oh, I wish I was there. We like when we selected our camp, we're like, oh, we'll take the more food. Oh, we should have taken the better camp. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I think I would have taken the food as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm an eater, and I know other people will be wanting food too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think um I think that was actually the smart choice. Like, like the bigger camp, it's it's easy to predict that you're eventually gonna merge into there, but you just gotta you gotta play the game to reach that point. Yeah, and and if you have to endure a few days, few days of hell, you might as well enjoy the meeting. 
Well, Keenan, I think that's everything I have to say about the episode. Is there anything, anything, anything you want to bring up or ask about? Oh, um, no, I think I, I think we I think we touched on everything. I think mm-hmm. everything's been been discussed. But uh, I'm way more than way more than willing to do this uh, do the same thing next week. I'm a huge fan of Survivor BC. Anything mm-hmm. Survivor BC related, I will nerd out on. And um, and and hey, the more eliminations there are going to be, the more gameplay there is to elaborate on, and mm-hmm. uh, the more different, the more the more variety of reasons there will be for these boots. There mm-hmm. will be, I think there will be some spontaneous action coming up and that uh, there will, um, there is going to be something big happening. Yeah, no, this, I am, I won't say more, but there will be a lot of fun. Much yep. to come. Is there so, more? Oh, yes. Um, so for, for everyone who's still watching, thank you for your, your time. Um, you can find survive. You can find the episodes online on YouTube. Um, the next episode will drop this next Sunday, pr- probably same time, like six, six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern. I imagine we'll do the same. So catch episode two there, and I will be back next week with more Survivor BC um, recap coverage. So Keenan, thank you so much for, for your time as well, and it's been a blast having you. Thank you very much too, Stephen. It's been a been a blast talking to you too. Yeah, and thank you everyone who tuned in, and we'll we'll catch you later.